You are a professional athlete. You play on soft green grass with the best equipment. But halfway across the world, as a tireless sports envoy, you coach girls who have never seen a grass field, who don't even own shoes to play in. But you inspire them, showing them what girl power means. You change how they see the world. But then, at the end of the day, they do the very same for you. Who leaves the biggest impact on the other? Likely, it's a tie. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of Exchange Stories. In the box, Lohman comes out off the post and it's crossed the line and it's a goal for Washington. And the halftime substitution of Joanna Lohman, a smart one, and it's 2-1, Seattle in front. And she's just been working so hard this half. She's getting forward, she's making her presence known, and what a great turn and an excellent finish. This week, no shoes, no problem. Playing with the ambassador and dance diplomacy. Join us on our journey from Washington, D.C. to Habarone, Botswana to help girls dream big. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. Exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them, they are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. My name is Joanna Lohman. I'm a midfielder for the Washington Spirit. And I am a sports envoy for the U.S. Department of State. I've traveled to Asia, South America, Europe, and also Africa. Um, This will be my third year in a row going to Africa. Um, 2016, I went to Botswana. 2017, I went to Cote d'Ivoire. And 2018, I'll be going to Niger. You know, I remember this story like it was yesterday. I was going to run a program in the capital of Botswana for a group of about 15 young women called Girl Power. And it was my job to lead this program and to be a role model for these young women who clearly have way fewer opportunities than I do as as a female in America. We were working with a group of about 15 young women from the local villages. We were given the turf field uh, in their national training ground for this program. So most of these young women, I'm sure, have never left their village, uh, let alone played soccer on a turf field in the national training center. So this was a very prestigious honor for these young women to be chosen for this program. I got to the field and it was, you know, it's Africa in November in Botswana. It was at least 100 degrees. The sun was beating down on us. And for anyone who's played on turf, it's hotter on turf. You have black rubber beads that make up the field and those beads pretty much catch on fire. And it, it adds at least five degrees to the field. So I would say it was 105 degrees. When I showed up, you know, I was in my fancy U.S. soccer gear, 
uh, all the latest Nike attire, my shoes. I was I was ready for this program. I I understood that it was it was my job to to really lead these young women. And when I arrived to the field and the girls got out of their bus, none of them had shoes on. And you know, I thought to myself, you know, maybe their shoes are in their bag. I was just so taken aback, and I thought, you know, wow, I'm incredibly naive uh, to think, to just assume that these girls would have shoes to play soccer in. Again, it's 105 degrees on this turf. Their feet are going to burn. And, you know, I put a little bit more thought into it, and I am sure when they play soccer in the local villages, they don't wear shoes. For one reason, they probably don't have them. Two, they probably, if they do have shoes, they don't fit. And three, they're just used to playing in their bare feet. This is why soccer is so popular around the world. Is you don't need a lot of money to play. All you need really is a ball and your feet. Uh, you don't even need shoes. I, you know, immediately was concerned for their well-being because I, I knew that it was going to be painful. And looking back, I used that day almost as a metaphor of life. I thought to myself, we have two options at this point. We could sit in the shade, and that would take away really the power of what we were doing. And the option two, which was the only option in my mind, was we have to play. We play and you know, we keep our feet moving. Um, and if you stand still, your feet will burn. So I thought, what a great metaphor of life of like, let's, we have to keep moving no matter what happens, no matter what happens in life, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to get hot. Uh, there's going to be fires, but you have to keep, you have to keep moving. So, you know, as their leader in this program of Girl Power, I made sure that the girls were constantly moving, that they never stood still, because if you stand still, your feet were, are going to burn. And, uh, you know, we spent the entire day basically on this turf, and the girls, I mean, I think it was a little bit uncomfortable, but they worked through the pain. Um, they had an incredible time, and uh, the ambassador, uh, the U.S. ambassador showed up at the end of our program. Every one of the programs that I do, I try to get the ambassador to come, and all the local delegates, the media, and we all play. I make sure everyone gets out on the field and plays together because I think that's a, a major way of uh, breaking down barriers is everyone getting out in the same field and playing together. So the ambassador showed up. He was wearing a pair of Jordans. He was in jeans. And I said to all the girls and the, and the delegates and the ambassador, we're going to play a scrimmage. So the U.S. ambassador was my right defender. And credit to him, he came out, uh, you know, obviously not in the proper attire, but he worked hard. He was sweating. And the girls just had an absolute blast because um, here they were playing with the, you know, the highest ranked people within um, their, their local city and also to the U.S. ambassador. And after the program, I think the U.S. ambassador also was taken aback that the girls did not have shoes. Because of this, uh, the, the ambassador promised to get every girl in that program a pair of shoes. You know, that was a very powerful moment for me because I felt like we changed lives, but it's hard to see. It's, it's almost intangible. It's a feeling you may give someone. It's a bit more hope that someone holds on to because you've come. It's opening people's eyes to what a woman can be, what she can say, what she can do. And I hope that I'm able to expand the definition of, of what gender can be. The program was in November. In January, the ambassador told me that they were going to have a ceremony to give the shoes to the girls. So I made the, a video for the young women over in Botswana, and I just, you know, I thank them for 
um, the opportunity to run this program and I also gave them a lot of credit for working through what was a very uncomfortable day where it was so hot and their feet were on fire and they never stopped moving. And they inspired me really um, as the envoy and typically you expect the opposite, right? You expect the envoy to come and to inspire the young women that they're working with. But I always find that um, it's a very mutual feeling and that the young women that I work with truly inspire me. And uh, they had sent me photos and videos from the day of when the girls were given their cleats. And I remember thinking to myself, this is one of the proudest moments of my entire life because the smiles on their faces were just, I couldn't even put into words how it made me feel. And, and to see the joy and to see them in uniforms and to see these cleats, you know, shiny and brand new and to see the entire town out celebrating these young women who are so often you know, feeling empty and ignored and pushed aside, to see them really celebrated and highlighted uh, was such, it was such a beautiful moment for me. And it's a moment that I will never forget. I think that I understand that none of them are going to grow up and be a professional soccer player. That's um, completely unrealistic and not why I'm there. I think it's such an honor for me to use the sport of soccer, a game that I love and that I've played for decades now, to use that sport as a vehicle for social change. And on top of that, for these young women just to see someone like me, someone who has spent their entire life playing sports, who really expands the definition of what a woman can look like, what a woman can say, what a woman can do. I think that resonates a lot. Yes, it does really take steps towards equality. I know that um, it sounds somewhat silly, but, and those countries are very far behind on, in that aspect, but to you know, give these young women a platform to have these opportunities is so important, to give them a, a different view on life, to uh, give them a chance to play. And I seldom think that they get the opportunity to just play. And you know, that's what sports does. It, it allows you to just have joy, joy in the motion, joy in working with your teammates, um, building relationships with your teammates, um, falling down and picking yourself back up again, that instills an incredible amount of confidence and self-worth, passion, and I think it teaches a lot of lessons that I know I've learned uh, throughout life. And as a young woman in a lot of these countries, you're very isolated. Soccer allows you to be part of a team, and when you're a part of a team, people look out for you. And I think that's that's important for them because they're always there's typically always alone, and to have a team of people who where you're accountable and they're accountable for you, it gives you a sense of purpose and a sense of value. Uh, I learned that you know Africans love to dance and there's always music playing and I love to dance so it was the perfect combination for me where. We were having soccer festivals. There was a DJ. There was dancing. It was it was essentially one big party. Clearly, I look very different from 
the people in the local villages. So I would amass like, you know, crowds that would just follow me everywhere. And I'm never one to not dance to a song. So I think the, the townspeople really enjoyed me because I was very uninhibited. I would dance, I would sing, and I made up a handshake that I would do with anyone that was willing to do it with me. And I found that dance and trying to communicate in ways that don't require words really create bonds quite quickly. So I think people were very amused with my just my presence uh, in these villages. A lot of times on these trips, I feel like a legitimate celebrity. I feel like a rock star. One of the massive things for me is not only just kick a soccer ball with them, but it's to, to build those connections and you know build bridges between cultures that where people think we're so different. You know, we speak different languages, um, we've grown up in different cultures, different classes, different religions, and to see that we are just we're all human, and uh, we're human, and we all deserve the opportunity to feel loved and accepted and worthwhile. And if I can go to these countries and just even for a few days make them feel like they are more than than what they typically think every day of their lives. That's something that's really important to me and that's why I love these programs is not because I get to coach soccer, it's because I get to deeply impact the life of another human being. is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Joanna Lohman told us about her experience as part of ECA's Sports Envoy program, sending U.S. athletes around the world to inspire kids about sports and life. For more about ECA's Sports Envoy programs, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233 wherever you find your podcasts, and we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory@state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Special thanks this week to the Washington Spirit's own Joanna Lohman for sharing her stories and inspiration. Josh Shen and I did the interview with her, and I edited it. Featured music during this segment was Ese Triste by David Lostana, and Moving Day by Tiny Parham's Four Aces. 
Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.